Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hey everyone, and welcome to Elijah Streams. Today's Monday, June 26, 2023. I'm your host, Kelsey O'Malley, filling in for Steve Schultz. Steve is away again this week, enjoying his time, um, his his much needed time, I'm sure, this beautiful wife, Doreen. So I will be filling in this week. I'm so thankful to be here with you guys, and especially on this Monday, because we have Johnny Enlow on with us, and he's going to be speaking about the seven seals. It's going to be an awesome show. I think we're on number seven now. So get out your notepads, your Bibles, and your pens. Get ready for a full show of Revelation. But before we bring on Johnny, you know, we want to thank you guys again for partnering with us as we dig water wells all over Uganda. You know, it's hard for us to imagine what it would be like to not have clean water, but that's a reality for a lot of people all over the world. And by giving and supporting this, you are showing the love of Christ. Um, They're hearing the gospel. They're having clean water. Their bodies are getting better. um, And for a legacy, their families will continue to have clean water from this well. So enjoy this quick video clip showing where all your generous love and giving is going. Every child deserves hope, an education, good health, a future. In Uganda, those things are stolen from children. One of those thieves is dirty water. In Uganda, some people only have access to muddied, filthy water. It is killing them. But you can help save the future generations. Give a gift towards the drilling of clean water wells. Donate today at ElijahStreams.com slash donate. If you feel led to give or have ever given before, we just want to say thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. The information to give is on the screen or you can click the link in the comments. Thank you guys again. Um, we just appreciate it so, so, so much. And the videos show you how um, how beautiful these these people are their smiles on their faces. Just, I mean, it makes you smile every time you see those sweet little kids um, getting fresh water. So thanks again. And since today's Monday, we have Johnny Enloe on with us. And uh, I don't want to waste any time because every time Johnny comes on, he has so much to share. And will today be the day that we get to the questions? Who knows? <laughs> Maybe towards the end of this segment. Uh, let's welcome on my guest today, Johnny Enloe. 1349 hours declaring a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. Welcome, Johnny. All right, we're on the seventh seal today. Yes, that was funny. That was funny. Will we get to the questions? That's the big question. Yep, that is the big question. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see how God leads. Well, exactly. And so I am excited about us closing this seven week, seven seals excursion that we've done. And just to point out to people, the you know, the the goal here was not to further fuel the speculative addiction that will say some to many have in the body of Christ. You know, he didn't say speculate till I return. He said, occupy till I return. 
But in that, there is a need to correct some aspects of the narrative that are uh, thrown out and thrown into the eschatology that has been popular uh, for a long time. And, we, and we've been addressing that. And so that's the purpose of it is really it, it occurred to me right when we just uh, listened to the promo again, that's been going for over a year uh, and, and target darkness. I said, it's, we have to target darkness. And so the, the pain is for the awakening. These seven seals, every one of the seals, our point is that the authority of the enemy has been broken, but it just lacks. The reason the enemy still operates is because there have not been enough sons and daughters of the king who have shown up in a practical way to target darkness. And so we target darkness through prayer, through declarations, but also through actions, through showing up, through being there. And so that's that's a point we want to continue to make over and over. And so um, I know that there are many, many, I, I received many other questions about all kinds of things. And I'm, I'm not going to continue to go into all the other nuances of everything having to do with the book of revelation. And, and because this would be it, a never it's, ending it, show. <laughs> it's never <laughs> end, but and it, again, it feeds that, 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 that hunger for speculation when what we're trying to do is really uh, establish present narrative and based on that present assignment. And so that's, mm-hmm. that's what is what, that's what is helpful when we, when we speak into eschatology, not for this is my position versus their position versus your position. Mm-hmm. It's not about positions. The reason the Lord, the Holy Spirit's had me address it, wanted me to address it, address it straightforwardly and kind of in a repeated fashion is so that there is a correcting the best of the ability of how he's speaking through me, correct, distorted narrative that keeps us from showing up in the ways we're supposed to show up, that keeps us from targeting um, darkness. Speaking of targeting darkness, I just thought I want to uh, begin before we go to the seventh seal, and we'll, we'll get to that out of Revelation 8 in just a moment. It's related to all this is um, Romans chapter 8, and it, it goes into the overall theme, again, that we're talking about. And to remind people, this is the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8. And I mention that because Apostle Paul is, you know, he is the source for the only rapture scripture. Um, that is used. The, the first Thessalonians, we which are alive and remain will be caught up with him, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And that caught up, Arpazo, they get, you know, it doesn't say rapture. The word rapture is not in the Bible at all, but you can loosely say that caught up is raptured. And so uh, you can look at, okay, is that what Paul was talking about? Was he saying there's going to be a time where we get to escape all the trouble here? And so Part of the point here is just we, we'll, we'll see clearly with what I am talking about. When he begins to talk about um, being sons of God, and so I would just read it. Verse 14 is where I'll start with um, verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, we'll just stop just a moment, point out that if someone is a son of God and he's the king, so that's why we continually call him the king of kings. But 
that's the beginning of the whole SEALs um, uh, narrative that we've been addressing is we have been made kings and priests to our God. <clears throat> and so being kings is because we are royalty. We are kings under the king. So he's the king of kings. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are sons of God. So why are we sons of God? Are we sons of God so we can escape the planet? For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, that puts us, it connects us again with the royalty that we are uh, assigned to, connected to, entitled to, privileged to, responsible to, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. And for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall, shall be revealed in us. Let me say that one more time, but a little slower. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now, that has often been misread as, yes, we suffer here so that we experience glory then. But I want to point out that it's going to be clear here in just a second that it doesn't compare, the sufferings here doesn't compare with the glory here that will be revealed is what he's talking about. Because the next verse says, for the earnest expectation of the creation, that's the planet, everything mm -hmm. on earth, the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons of God. Back mm -hmm. again to us, stepping up to the plate. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Just point out, creation is groaning and travailing, first of all, not for Jesus Christ to return. They know that's not next in the narrative. Next in the narrative, creation groans and travails for the revealing of the sons of God for kings and priests to step into their full authority because they will be set free into their glorious liberty as we are. I'll say that part um, one more time. Creation itself will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Now, if, if this thing of experiencing glory is only when we're in heaven, why is creation crying out for us? Why would it mm -hmm. say creation is going to experience a glorious liberty? Is that like we get raptured and then there's a glorious liberty? We go up there and creation. No, creation understands we are the ones that must be the carriers of the glory, the releasers of the glory, the ones that experience something other than just suffering here on earth. Yes, it comes with it, but it, that's that thing Paul said, the sufferings of the present age, not worthy to be compared with the glory that will also be revealed here. Of course, we're going to have it afterwards, but creation yeah. would not be groaning and travailing for us to manifest in the way he wants us to manifest 
if this were a future thing. Is that, isn't that kind of right. clear that's there? Kelly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the point we have to make over and over. There's a here assignment, a here call. It's an on earth thing. It's, it's, a, it's a repeat uh, part of the narrative that I've been saying every single time we talk about this, that mm-hmm. everything around the throne that John, that John saw was about there being a new reality for planet earth. There, the scroll that was in the hand that caused an angel to say with a loud voice, who is worthy to loose uh, the scroll and to undo, loose the seals from the curse that has held them back. It was that which then went into a new song. Angels burst into a new song. Millions and millions and millions burst into the new song when Jesus came and took the scroll from the Father and said, I have satisfied the requirement and because that was the cry, who is worthy? He was worthy. He paid the price. And so the new song was, you have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a wrong narrative where everything good happens just in heaven. The, the right narrative is on earth. Kingdom come on earth. Jesus started it all with, you know, Matthew 4 and 5. When he showed up, repent, the kingdom of God is here, changed the way you're thinking. And then he showed its capability to heal anything and everything. And that's what we are to continue with. Okay, so that was just, you know, we're just rehitting that over and over because that's such an important point for us, for the body of Christ today, so that we, we fully get delivered from this speculative addiction and being, you know, frozen in time with like, I don't know what to do. Um, and, and you just start out knowing you were here for a purpose. And then once you understand that, then you, at least you begin some type of pursuit of that purpose. And you just have to get beyond this crooked eschatology that tells you your purpose is just to wait for Jesus to return. And so that, that cannot be it. Creation is groaning and travailing for us to be revealed. And that revealed, uh, if we went into that word, it's like a court being pulled from the top of a wine bottle when it talks about the manifestation the revealing of the sons of god it is like it's supposed to be something powerful and that's what's next so we're the ones that's why he tells us you arise arise shine your light has come let's go to revelation chapter eight and what's so interesting as we get into the seventh and final seal is that Again, so much mystery uh, around it, but we're actually going to go into a, a different dimension because he's finishing up the seventh seal. He's going to be uh, finalizing the eliminating the proof like on every seal is how the lamb has eliminated the enemy's authority that he had there. So that's the legal component of opening the seals is on every seal This is what the enemy's been doing to repeat that point. Every seal is a revelation, not of the tribulation. It's a revelation of what the enemy has been doing on every mountain, how he steal, kills, and destroy, and what he no longer has a right to do. But it will also then begin to speak into some future things. And there's going to be, I'll I'll go ahead and get ahead of those who are going to ask, are you going to talk to us about the seven... Thunders and the seven, well, first the seven trumpets and the seven thunders. No, I'm not. 
um, other than this, okay? Well, just stick with me. We'll just go to the scripture because that'll be addressed in there as well. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God. And to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel having a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar and threw it to the earth. And there were noises and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. So the seven angels who had seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. So the opening of the seventh seal, the dissolving of the existing authority that the enemy had on that mountain because of what Jesus did on the cross, now was freeing up for the seven angels who have seven trumpets for them to prepare themselves to sound. So we'll we'll mention what that is, but we're not going to go sound trumpet by trumpet, thunder by thunder, but the concept mm-hmm. itself, we will, we will reveal. So what is interesting here, for the first time John reveals to us he's, uh, uh, that there are seven angels who stand before God. Now, he's been speaking, you know, since Revelation chapter four, for those who've been staying through all the seals, all these dynamics, there's the, you know, the, the, the transparent sea, the crystal sea, there's a four living creatures, there's the 24 elders continually casting their crowns, saying worthy is the lamb, there's the new song that came, and, and he keeps telling us all these dynamics of heaven, a full rainbow around the throne. Again, this is not just a vision, not being caught up into vision, he was uh, the reality of heaven, he was taken there, and whatever kind of experience, but he was seeing what is actually a description that will be in our future. It's a description of the throne room. And so it's quite amazing. But for the first time, he's told us about seven blazing flames of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. But now he tells us that there are seven angels who stand before God. Now, I have brought up already that I believe there are seven archangels, that these are seven archangels, and each one of these angels there is, is an archangel of the seven mountains. And so we've mm-hmm. talked about different ones of those in, in the past weeks. I don't think I've uh, listed all of them. We do have them uh, in our charts. If you look at our books, our RISE uh, book that's online, our RISE course that's on, online. Um, but I'm really not trying to promote all that. Just say it is available. I'm not just trying to keep it a mystery there. You, you can find it. You shared, you shared the chart. I think last time, maybe I was on with you, we put the chart up and you did share um, the, the different angels on there. So if you go back to, I think the last episode I filmed with you, you did share it. I remember that. That that's, thank you. Uh, thanks for, for reminding that even that is not as full chart as there is on uh, arise, the, the rise book and the rise course. Um, mm-hmm. but it did cover, you're right. It did cover the, the seven archangels. So want people to understand that I didn't, that wasn't just out of thin air. It tells us that in the throne room and these seven angels have seven trumpets. And, um, and so I'll address the trumpets real quick because part of the reason I wasn't given permission to even share that part of it back in 2012, uh, just mm-hmm. to retell that <clears throat> this is a book I wrote 2012, not really given permission to release it. I am now, but I'm not the part of going into the seven trumpets 
uh, in detail, I'm not going because I knew that was going to be harder. Uh, we have to mature enough to um, uh, for us to receive that. I, I don't, I, that sounds uh, elitist in a way, but there are there are aspects of what our assignments are going to be in the future. We're just not ready for it. Just like you don't tell a two year old how to ride a drive a car. It's just not relevant yet. Not saying right. we're two year olds in the spirit, but we are too young for uh, what the trumpets are going to be. Ultimately, is it's going to be uh, uh, us having for a, maybe a whole generation already um, walking in a good level of kingship and priesthoodship, walking in the authority we're supposed to walk into. We can call uh-huh. it seven mountain mandate. We can call it showing up in society the way we're supposed to. And there's going to be, um, you know, I haven't shared, I don't think here, but the Lord has shown me there will be 153 sheep nations. And um, that means nations that walk primarily to the light of God. That means uh, um, this will be, um, this will be the signature of these nations. They'll be considered righteous, 153. So we know we have 200 and something um, nations uh, right now, depending on how you count some of these island nations and, and things like that, there are over 200 mm-hmm. and 153. It's interesting because the same week, this is over 10 years ago when I got it, there were two other prophets that exact same week got, there was going to be 153 sheep nations. And, and wow. that might be a, uh, to, to go back to, but it, one of them ties into the fact that um, John um well, in the book of John, I think it is, it's where they were fishing and, and um, they caught 153 large fish. And it's where Jesus has this conversation with Peter and says, feed my sheep. And so it was after there's 153 large fish. Um, when you cast a net on the side, the Lord told him to cast mm-hmm. it on the right side. And so there's 153. I'm not sure if is that that's the book itself. I didn't have that really in my mind to be to, to go into today. But I'll just right. say there is a bit of basis for where the 153 comes from. And there's another 153 place in scripture. In, in my book, The Seven Mountain Mantle, receiving um, the Joseph Mantle for Reforming Nations that came out in 2010. I tell about that there. So we're headed towards. I feel like the Holy Spirit, like, just stay on that just a second. Let it soak in the people. 153 sheep nations. So mm-hmm. we're not talking about just Israel finally shining and the whole world seeing God out of Zion and Israel only. No, this is, he's God of the nations. And he says, ask of me the nations that I'll give them to you for an inheritance. Rise and shine. Your light has come. Isaiah 60. Behold, the darkness grows darkness. The Lord will rise on you. Nations will walk to the light of the sons of God. Isaiah 2, 2. In the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be exalted. In the tops of the mountains, nations will come to it. So this is like um, over and over and over. uh, The prophets spoke of this type of future, this type of day. And so that's what we're that's what we're going towards. And so that's Mm -hmm. why uh, it's such an offense to my spirit, to anybody else who sees in this kind of direction, this. Uh, uh, this narrative and this eschatology that has us believe like uh, he's about to return. Like he, like what kind of reward will, will he have given us? We haven't hardly mm-hmm. begun even to accept the assignment partially because again, we've been infiltrated with some uh, 
fake and false eschatology and some doctrine that's allowed us just to sit back and allow the enemy to have full reign. And right now we're suffering consequences and we're awakening to the need mm-hmm. to rise and shine in the places we have to go. So we, we want to understand that um, we're headed towards great day. But in this 153 nations, if we go by the numbers now, that means at least 50 nations are not falling in line. That the glory mm-hmm. of the Lord is being released all over the earth, but there's at least 50 nations not. Because remember, I started with talking about the trumpets and the seven angels. So the archangels, the archangels on every one of these mountains, they will begin blowing trumpets. You'll see that's what happens in the part of the chapter I didn't read when it goes, Mm -hmm. there's the first trumpet. And it sounds a lot like judgment. And, but it's going to be where we operate as kings and priests in a very distinct fashion where it's now nations that have not responded to grace. It's going to be so the fact that 153 nations do begin to respond to the grace of God and to the glory that's on the sons and daughters is a wonderful thing. Then it's why are these other ones not? And Mm -hmm. there is a hardening that has taken place there that is going to require um, it's going to require some Elijah type situations where judgments are called in and there's it's going mm-hmm. to go into severe judgments where there's going to be situations where nine tenths the populace is going to be judged so that one tenth might be saved and so that's why we're not ready to face those type of conversations right now people will say that doesn't sound like god to me and you don't understand mm-hmm. how committed god is to saving whosoever and he really he will he will go to the max and he'll use us to the max to uh, rescue everything possible. And so rather than just throwing away 50 something nations, you'll like, let's put them through the next level of refinement and see what we can extract. And so as Isaiah 26 says, um, as a scripture, it's I actually feel like I'm supposed to read it. I'm trying to see if it's verse nine, this was not planned. So uh, Isaiah 26 Um, but it's worth looking into right now. Verse 10, let grace be shown to the wicked, yet he will not learn righteousness. Mm. In the land of uprightness, he will deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. Lord, when your hand is lifted up, they will not see, but they will see and be ashamed for the envy of your people. Yes, the fire of your enemies shall devour them. So it begins to talk about uh, actually the end of verse nine, the second half for when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. So -hmm. this is a time not right around the corner. It's that's why we don't need to cover it in detail right now. But for those of you who need to know about the trumpets, there is a season Um, There's going to be a great advance of the kingdom of God in these Mm -hmm. years. It's showtime for the kingdom of God. We're going through a great pain, a great awakening. Um, It's a rude awakening on this this side of the great awakening. And and then there's going to be uh, a realization that there are those who have not, and the nations that have not responded to that. 
And we're going to have mm-hmm. to, we can imagine it much, we can at least imagine it now. We hear about the human traffickers and all that. Like we were so, I say we, the body of Christ, uh, we just hated the word justice and judgment. No, no, I will grace, grace. And mm-hmm. we didn't understand that there's an aspect of, uh, of judgment and, and justice that is really his kindness to the abused. So then all of a sudden we started having a bigger heart for the children and for the human traffic and the sex traffic. And then we realized, oh, my goodness, yes. And so once you begin to understand that justice is actually mercy on those who have been continuously held back, abused, taken advantage of, then we're so we're, we're kind of getting conditioned to like, no, because some of us are like ready um, some of you, some of us, we've done some prayers or like take certain people out and that would have been, yeah. no, 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 we would never do that before. But it's crossed our minds that in light of what we're finding out, we need some people taken out. So as we grow in our kingship, in our priesthood, mm-hmm. in our authority, he's going to trust us more. And there's going to be interaction, the archangels, and they will have, every archangel has tens of millions of great angels under them as well. And so this is going to be a, a work of the ages of seeing this take place. And then the thunders. So those were the trumpets. And then the thunders, um, he was not even allowed to um, tell about them right now. John right. wasn't. And the thunders are going to go into, I believe, because what does a thunder do? Announces rain. And so, there is going to be um, announcements of good that also would distract us right now. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. And so there are, uh, you know, you can, you can be so, um, get your mind so much on your dessert that's come in that you don't take care of business. I don't know if that's even a good analogy, but that's the idea. So, Anyway, we we covered that. Now let's get back to uh, more on the seventh seal. Um, So on the seventh seal, we had to skip uh, to Revelation 8. We had to skip Revelation uh, chapter 7. And um, as we pointed out over and over, the scroll can only be read after the seal is loose. So technically, it is only after he's opened all seven. If you think of a scroll and there's seven Mm -hmm. seals, it's only once the seventh is fully released that there can even be a reading <coughs> of the scroll that takes place, even though at no time does it tell us that that, that happens here. But that's mm-hmm. just be aware. Um, so with the prophetic track that we've laid out before us, we are left with only uh, one attribute um, left out of Revelation 5, 12, where it says worthy is the lamb to receive power and riches and wisdom and all that. And the last one is blessing. So mm-hmm. we don't have to think through it very hard because there's only one mountain left, which is a mountain of media. And there's only one attribute worthy as the lamp to receive blessing. So blessing goes with the mountain of media, which is a mountain of communications. And we're going to explain that. So a big purpose of what we're going to go into right now is understanding our assignment, our mission. How do we target darkness in the mountain of media? Mm-hmm. And how, how, what do we have at our disposal? Because the authority for the enemy to continue there again was removed at the cross. All authority, he said to his disciples, in heaven and in earth is mine. All go therefore. 
So that's why we can't, this would look like all authority is not ours. Mm -hmm. There would not be mm -hmm. celebration of calling us kings and priests if there was still some level of authority that had to be given us. So that is, that is now. So um, we have made the connection that this seal is speaking of the mountain of media, the mountain from which bad, twisted, and fearful news is normally proclaimed is to be instead a mountain of blessing. The Greek word for blessing, when it says where Zilam to receive blessing, is a, a word eulogia. It looks like eulo, eulogy with an A at the end instead of the Y. Mm -hmm. I understand that. I'm not pronouncing it correctly because I'm not trying to speak in Greek. Um, the Greek word for blessing, eulogia, means refined words, fine discourse, the good news of a matter. <clears throat> we understand it from the word eulogy itself is where at someone's funeral, you have people that come up and even if he was a dastardly character, they find something good to say about him. Um, and so that's, that's, that's the idea is there is an extractable good news for the situation. And I want to, I want us to pay attention to what a big deal that is for our assignment on the mountain of media. And it's, such a key part of how heaven functions. Um, mm. You're saying, what are you talking about? How heaven functions in heaven. There is no bad news in heaven. There is no, there are no tears, but yet they're the cloud of witnesses. So they can see us. They can see the losses. They can see who dies that shouldn't have died. They can see the martyrs, the persecution. You'd think heaven would be just full of tears, but it's not because the way everything is framed, the way communications are framed are always in a hopeful good ending narrative. So if there is something that's under challenge, even on earth, they are shown the end game. And so there is an understanding death is always swallowed up in victory. So there is no uh, reporting. Uh, there's not a daily report on how many went to hell, but there is a daily report on how many have entered the kingdom and the angels mm -hmm. do celebrate. There is party relatives, cloud of witnesses. They celebrate. This, this is just part of the culture of heaven is all around communications. And, um, and, and it's what it establishes as a, a, a heavenly place is the fact that there's only heavenly discourse. There's only, you can say, what? Are you just saying there are a bunch of Pollyannas up there? That might be a future message coming up because that's not that bad. There, it's, it's that way more than you think. We, like, we're yeah. like, no, we need to, we just need to, Give the devil his due where he's winning. Nope, they don't give the devil his due. Not one testimony of Satan is given in heaven. So just let that soak mm -hmm. in. And you're like, mm -hmm. what do you mean a testimony? We do testimonies all the time. This is how we motivate people to get involved, um, even on the seven mountains. We give testimony. We give free commercials for the devil. How many he's killing, how many he's doing, and all that. We do free commercials for the devil, thinking that's how we generate kingdom interest in showing up. And it's... Mm -hmm. um, um, if we lean on that too much, it's not what we need because we feel more defeated and beat down. And why is God allowing this? So it's mm -hmm. not bad to, say, uh, to, to lay out and I'll lay out some challenges that are, that are there, but it has to be encapsulated in a, a spirit of good news. It's the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom. Repent. The gospel of the kingdom is here. That's how Jesus comes, how John the Baptist announces him. What's the word gospel? Gospel doesn't mean religious uh, literature. The gospel, evangelio, another Greek word, meaning good news, the good yeah. news of the kingdom. So uh, 
if what we're saying is not easily translatable into good news, then we don't know how to give good. We don't, we have not yet become good ministers of the gospel. A minister mm-hmm. of the gospel, not just someone who scares people um, in order to, you know, get them either to raise their hand to become a Christian or to motivate mm-hmm. them into action. That that's not that's not what the assignment is. And so if we don't understand even how the kingdom operates or how heaven operates, then we're going to have a hard time on earth as it is in heaven. So this is why we kind of mess up probably the most abandoned mission field on planet earth is not Africa somewhere or or wherever Mm -hmm. it's the mountain of India. And that's because Mm -hmm. even the sons and daughters of the King that show up, think their assignment is just to scare people into the kingdom and they're agents of bad news. You turn it on, you can feel the bad news. You can feel the apprehension. You want to turn it back off. And so there should be something instant feel that someone has that a group of people have when we show up with communication that um, tells them that this is something different. In fact, um, uh, Kelsey, you know, what we're just reading there, the verses out of Revelation, uh, I want people, I'm going to read it again. I want people to just, how many times we hit the word censor, golden censor, the smoke of the incense, those type of things, because those doesn't connect very much with logic. And then we will explain it related to what we're saying right now. So, Then he opened the seventh seal. There was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. We have to address that too. Like, what's a half an hour? There's no time in heaven. How do we have a half an hour silence? See, there's a little mystery there as well. Heaven is never silent, you think, because they're always worshiping God. So how is there a half hour silent? Mm -hmm. I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another, another angel having a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Mm -hmm. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. So the seven angels who had seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. So now see that verse just sounded a little different now that we're pointing out sensors, smoke, smell, you know, oh yeah, what's that? And mm-hmm. so um, just, you know, it's, it's worth doing a whole message or more on it, but we're not, we're going to do just a few, a few minutes on it, but it tells us, uh, and for me, what that represents, the altar uh, of the right smells to God represents motivation and pure motivation. Mm-hmm. So it's not even just the prayers of the saints that go up. And it's not just mm-hmm. the prayers of the saints that have, a smell. it's not about, you, you know, we can get technical, how to pray or write prayers. You don't pray uh-huh. or write prayer if you don't have a right motivation. Right prayers mm-hmm. are not about right words. Right prayers right. are about right words in the right spirit. And so mm-hmm. when it keeps emphasizing smoke and smell and incense, that accompanies prayers, that's, that's, it's the smell of the incense that God listens to first before there's a response to the prayer and the word. So this is just huge for us in our interaction with heaven. And if, if that's not been part of your understanding of uh, how prayer works with the Lord, it's like, 
it's it's not if you figured out some tech because sometimes this legal part we understand the devil's legalist and we can get uh-huh. into being a legalist ourselves. And it's important to cover the legal bases and prayers, but there really is a need for purity of of heart and understanding of his narrative on earth and mm-hmm. what he's all about, what he's doing. And so in that, it allows there to be this fragrance that comes up to God and it makes the prayers irresistible so they can fulfill all they're called to fulfill. <clears throat> all right. So back to the Greek word for blessing, eulogia, means refined. Um, as I've said before, the gospel, the word gospel means good news. Um, and so do want to point out, it does not mean that everything we say must must make everybody happy and comfortable immediately. Um, but it's right. it has to somehow be framed in a narrative of hope. So mm-hmm. that what I just said, framed in a narrative of hope, um, that goes into anybody who has assignment on the mountain of media. Now, some people, there's com- confusion and some questions you might even have some in front of you, Kelsey, is like, well, why is, what's media? How's media different than arts and entertainment? Well, mm-hmm. arts and entertainment are about uh, celebrating. They're about arts and entertainment. But media is really the communication of news. Mm-hmm. And that's a big how lovely on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. And only a part of it was, it was about announcing peace. It wasn't salvation, personal salvation wasn't even available. So there was an understanding that just to bring news and that, you know, Proverbs has these scriptures um, that talk about he who brings good news from afar is uh, some, he's praised in some, some kind of way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's just a value to be able to advance encouraging conversation um we hear in revelation as well another scripture and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and loving not their life to death even more than loving not their life to death was the word of their testimony so that there is uh there is a a a a, a, a discourse of encouragement that is um that has been released through us there is testimony that the idea of testimony what's what's a testimony a testimony is telling is bragging on god and often it it can be not even the majority of what someone's experienced it's just uh, there's something to praise god about so that can be the pollyanna part yeah you know he's not saying can you find something to to murmur or complain about it tells us he was the, the lord was very displeased with the children of israel they're headed to their promised land so much murmuring and complaining he mm-hmm. he's he didn't promise that there would be nothing to murmur and complain about he just like i will always have something that you can testify of i will always have something good that i'm doing even if you're under duress even if you're under challenge so yeah. the discipline for our spirit is to learn to see that and to go by that, to be directed by that. That's the repeat point we say over and over from Caleb, the difference between Caleb and Joshua and the 10 spies. They were anointed seers. They could see what God is doing. The 10 saw what the enemy was doing. So just let, I just pause and let that soak in for people. If, because there, there is many leaders in the body of Christ think they're doing the body of Christ a service by being 10 spies. 
by being an expert at studying the enemy and telling what he's doing. Right. If you overtell on what the enemy is doing, you will discourage yourself and you'll discourage the people. Proof in the scriptures, in numbers. When the children of Israel heard the 10 spies, it says they let it a wail. They cried all night and say, oh, that we had remained in Egypt. Right. Um, they would go back into bondage because someone told them how big the enemy was. So did those 10 spies really help anything? No, there's a reason why they didn't live long. Uh, those 10 spies <clears throat> uh, were disappeared. There was judgment on them. Unanointed reporting, unanointed prophetic reporting, unanointed seeing is not just dang too bad. Severe consequences. Uh, if we understand it, it's because it's, very damaging to the body of Christ. Again, if you're out there mm -hmm. and you're making your ministry money from books and from all the stuff you do, from being able to tell the body of Christ how bad everything is, and you are part of building up their hopelessness and building up their, uh, their, their escape desire, their desire mm -hmm. to escape. And, mm -hmm. and you don't, cause God to grow in their eyes, you're, you're doing something seriously wrong, not just lightly wrong. You just need to stop it. Go broke uh, um, with, your, with your messages, with your books. They're not helping. Now, if it's yeah. framed in a narrative of here are the challenges, but you're with, because Caleb didn't ignore it. Caleb didn't say, no, no, they're lying to you. They don't exist. He says, yeah, but they will be bread for us because we're on assignment from God. If you cannot frame the challenges of the enemy in a, that will be bread for us. Mm -hmm. If you cannot frame it that way, don't tell it, don't give it, don't share it. It's not helping anybody. It's not only not helping you are fighting against the gospel because the gospel is good news. And if your news, if your gospel is not good news, it's not gospel. Um, right. And too, so, I think people put, God and the devil on the same playing field. When God created the enemy, he is a fallen angel. I mean, he's a cherub. That's what it said. He was a cherub that covers. God is omniscient, omnipresent, creator of everything. Satan's not omnipresent. He's not omniscient. If he was, he wouldn't have done what he did because he would have known the future. So people do put him on the same type playing field. And I think that's a huge mistake. You, you can't do that. You have to know who God is. Exactly. What you think about God is the most important thing about you. And so we have our, our conversation, conversation of leaders, of 10 spy type leaders in the body of Christ minimizes um, to the body itself who God is. And that's not helpful. So whoever's doing that, yeah. I, I've been pointing out several times during the, these uh, these discussions on the seals, uh, Kelsey, just mm -hmm. that very thing that you know, it doesn't say God's adversary is the devil. It's your adversary is the devil. The, de the devil is not big right. enough of an adversary. God has no adversary. He can't. That's right. There's like, he literally made him with a word. There's, you know, Lucifer didn't show up, say, hey, I'd like to volunteer. for something. No, he did. He showed up because something came out of God's mouth that says, let there be Lucifer. And there was Lucifer. And Lucifer right. meant when he was supposed to bear witness, he's supposed to be a light that bears witness on the whole game plan of God from the very beginning. And he failed. And so 
there's nobody, there's, God doesn't have a Supreme Court to hold him back. There's nothing that holds him back from saying, you know what, Lucifer, I'm tired of you. Done. Mm-hmm. Done. Mm-hmm. You're like, why does he do that? Because Lucifer is not the problem. The problem is, or the challenge, is he's getting his sons and daughters <clears throat> to quit believing fake news, fake narratives, fake eschatology, mm-hmm. to rise and shine with who they're called to be. Satan, by being our adversary, is the Lord making a statement. You have to have enough anointing and light to displace him to really have earned the, the right to be in, in my inner circle. And mm-hmm. so you're keeping priests. We're made in his image. So it's the test for us. That's why we are the one. That's why there's this idea that we give up. And say, God, we can't make it. Please rescue us. Ta- mm-hmm. And then God takes care of the devil. He never needed help with the devil at all. It, the whole mm-hmm. point, this entire narrative from Adam and Eve was, I'm going to make sons and daughters in my image. They are going to be heavily handicapped. They won't be able to hear audible conversation from us. They are going to mm-hmm. sense things in the spirit. They're going to get things in dreams and visions, and, and it's not going to be clear. It's not going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be full of mystery and adventure, but they will crush Satan, the God of peace. Peace will crush Satan under our feet. Anytime we change the narrative, anytime we embrace an eschatology that steals um, from the majesty of that narrative, we are doing a great disservice to everything and everybody because he's going to do it with us. He's going to do it on earth. He's going to do it mm-hmm. with us because this is going to give him great joy is where sons and daughters act like sons and daughters. That's what Paul was talking about. The creation groans and travails for God's kids to act like God's kids. Mm-hmm. So God's kids are not supposed to be trying to escape the planet or hope to get um, uh, yeah, we want help. Uh, Caleb wanted help. He says, God will help us. Um, the, yeah. the giants bred for us. He knew God had already said, he said, the land that you're going to possess are seven enemy right. nations greater and mightier than you, but you shall not say they are greater and mightier than you because I'm in your midst. So that it right. automatically means they're not greater and mightier um, than us. So that's this is part of the, the narrative we have to continue to embrace. All right, let's move forward. The principality on the mountain of media is Apollyon. And we're not going into explanation here. That's in our resource in our books whose name means destroyer. He destroys through the way he twists and distorts news and through his endless spewing of bad news, fake news. <clears throat> we really must understand our mission on this mountain uh, because, again, as I, I said earlier, Christians mistakenly use media outlets to just tell bad news from an, quote, Christian perspective. And uh-huh. uh, that, uh, I'm just going to say that one, one, one more way. Even serious communications and situations that must be addressed, they have to be seen and communicated in a redemptive format. They have to be framed in hope. They have to be framed in the victory that's possible. It's it's uh, the communication style, style of God throughout the entire scripture. People, some of you have the favorite scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have to, uh, you know, to prosper you, to give you hope and all that. You go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the context, y'all don't understand. He had already had Jeremiah walk through Jerusalem. He says, Jeremiah, see if you can find one, one who carries my heart, 
who understands what's going on. It, the entire nation was given to idolatry. The leaders yeah. were in idolatry. They were mm -hmm. sacrificing children to Molech. And, and there was, it wasn't just like a, a five-year bad. This was like repeat generations, two or three repeat generations to the point there was not hardly a pulse of any light. There was almost nothing less of light. And so for 40 years, Jeremiah is told and ordered by the Lord, tell them, mm -hmm. This is the judgment that they're going to lose even the rights to be exist as a nation. I, 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 from the beginning, I wanted them to be a nation and be the head, not the tail, to bless them and mm -hmm. take them in the promised land. But if they're just going to worship Baal and worship idols and sacrifice their kids, I can't. So that's what 40 years of judgment was, was just telling them the consequences of that type of sin. In the midst of all that, he says, but I know the plans I have for you. My thoughts towards you are to prosper you, future, give you. He couldn't, that whole generation, they couldn't. They didn't get that future for a long, long time. But even yeah. God, with a multi-generational, hardened, almost no, I mean, it's like we're, well, what we know now we call the elite Luciferian occult um, globalists that are ruling and reigning. That was the basic culture of Israel, mm. the nation. We don't understand how wicked they actually were. And they had been that two or three generations. And he's still telling them, my thoughts, you have no idea. I want to give mm -hmm. you a future. Just yeah. move toward me in, in some way. And so we have to learn to find um, an anointing to frame a narrative that releases hope, that has an incense back to this thing of incense, a smoke. If you're called to the mountain of media communications, there better be an incense, something that people like, I don't know. I just like hearing from him. I feel empowered. I feel encouraged. I feel hopeful. And if, and if people, if you hear they're saying about you, I don't want to listen anymore. I just feel discouraged every time I listen to that. Don't like, well, people yeah. don't want to know the truth. No, it may be the, the incense you're carrying is a stinky incense and you don't know how to carry this spirit of good news on you. There's a spirit of bad news and a spirit of good news and, and telling truth. Uh, you know, it's, it's not telling the truth to say like the, the, the 10 spies were given no credit for told telling the truth. Like, well, you were telling the truth. They actually were telling the facts that they were large giants, sons of Anak. They weren't lying in that kind of way, but it's always considered a lie in the presence of God to lift up an enemy that is defeated in his presence. And That's so good. that is always a lie from his standpoint. Okay, so we'll move on here. Good, John, saw, <laughs> John saw silence in heaven for half an hour. Back to that. A fascinating event clearly embedded in some kind of mystery. Uh, and we, we've been seeing throughout beginning in chapter four, that heaven is a very noisy place and that the four living creatures and the 24 elders are declaring God's majesty without ceasing. Right. And, but he read that John observed that after the seventh seal was opened, there was silence in heaven for half an hour. So clearly we're supposed to extract, we're supposed to dig. There's like, you know, an X there, dig here. How does that even make sense? And, and so this time period is an interesting concept because Again, heaven is not run on chronology. There's no chronological time for heaven. So it theoretically, a half an hour doesn't exist. But yet we're told there's, there's silence for half an hour. <clears throat> so 
um, and so here's two things I see in this silence. Um, one is that all of heaven seems to be pausing with bated breath and anticipation that this is the seventh seal. And so mm-hmm. all the restrictions, all the lost authority on earth has been regained. We're kings and priests. And now it's like, wow, there, you know, it's baited anticipation. So there's, there's, there's silence. But there's another, um, another dimension of, of prayer and, and, uh, and, and this silence that we're talking about. So I'm just going to briefly mention some passages because of time's sake, I'm looking at the clock as well. And, um, uh, you know, uh, there's a whole connection with the spirit of Elijah for doing the assignment that we have to do, taking down the enemy in every one mm-hmm. of these mountains of society as well. And if you remember, even in first Kings, um, that, you know what, I've actually just decided I got a little pullback correction. We're not going to um, go there. We don't have time for that rabbit trail. So we can go on some other dove trails. We, we hope right there. All right. So, we want to say it this way before we go from. So if spirit of bad news is how mm-hmm. the enemy operates, which it is. That's why Apollyon destroyer, his assignment, Satan says, I need you to go to the top of the mountain of media for the whole world. And you need to destroy with bad news. And so mm-hmm. capture bad news. Yet you have again, media outlets that are just in total compliance and obedience to Apollyon. If it bleeds, it leads. And so whatever is gossip, whatever is death, that's that's what they're advancing. And so they are just in complete uh, alignment. So, again, the way we, in quote, take or advance the kingdom of God on the mountain of media is not just for there to be Christian reporters of how the enemy, you know, Christian reports of uh, you know, doing commercials for the devil and all the stuff he's doing. That can't be our assignment. That can't be how we advance. And so there is. But before. And so we're going to go from bad news to good news, dominant, that there is a silence in between. So this is what, so God, what he's done here, the father, Jesus, working together, now the lamb that was slain, he is dissolving the power of the seventh seal. And so Mm -hmm. that meant bad news could dominate. Now it's no good news can dominate, but to go from bad news to good news, there is a period of silence in between. And this mm-hmm. pattern is repeated um, in different places in scripture. And um, uh, we have, you know, a couple stories we'll just uh, throw out through real, real quick. Um, when Israel's going into their promised land, Jericho's their first, uh, their first promised land. If you remember, the assignment is in uh, Joshua 6 and verse 10. I think I have that listed uh, somewhere to, 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 to read. Eh, I'll go ahead and look at it and read. I think we had it there. Joshua 6.10. Let's just look at that real, uh, real quick. Now, Joshua had commanded the people saying, you shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to. <clears throat> and, and shout, then you shall shout. So the whole, for those of you who remember, again, there's all these seven, seven trumpets again, the priests, uh, seven times around Jericho, and then the seventh day, seven times. And there's this period where it's like, shh, silence. And then the shout that brings down the walls. This is very parallel prophetic for us right now and how this has mm-hmm. to work. So there is silence, and the silence that is required is not just the silencing of the enemy. 
And, and we'll see this mm-hmm. is a real key transition for us entering into victory, entering into promised land reality. Remember, Jericho, once you start taking Jericho, you are now entering into promised land. And then there was 31 more city nations that quickly followed after that. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. This was the pattern that had to be laid out. Why did he need silence? Because we will talk ourselves into defeat. Um, and the smarter and sharper we are, see, that's, and that's, there's too many sharp, smart people in the body of Christ, people who have platforms right now, big followings even. You're too sharp and too smart. You've got a great gift of observation. And you're one of the 10 spies. And so there is, you know, you've circled I don't, people don't know that maybe that Jericho was wide enough, the walls, I can't put it up, walls for there to be a chariot on top. And it was very high. There is no way, they, they had zero capability of doing in the walls. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, maybe the same way somebody looks right now. It's like, how are we ever going to have a voice in media when you have CNN and Fox and this and that and the other, well, these guys and these billionaires and these globalists, and they own all and they, Think of it that way, except it's probably 10 times worse because uh, it's just there was no way. And so there was uh, there was a need for them, especially when they're getting to the crucial moment when they are going to release God. They're going to release God through the blowing of the shofar. <coughs> they're done with their part of obedience. And it's like this last stretch, I need you not to say one word to each other. There needs to be silence in your heaven for a half an hour because we're going we're gonna to transition from being a losing communicating system, communication media system, to a winning communication media system as part of what we're going to victorious practice, victorious eschatology and everything else. Sometimes there just needs to be a silence. You need to silence to your mind, to your rational left brain thinking because they're looking at and and, you know, the children of Israel, Hebrews, Israelis till this day are known for being very forthright. That what they see, they report on it and, and mm-hmm. just being very open and honest. And it's like he did not need their honesty at that moment. It's like, so like what, you know, the conversation would begin around this or going around the last time. Like, so, so what could possibly happen now that's going to cause these walls to go down? Are we like waiting for Houdini to show up with a wand? They would have talked themselves right out of victory. And um, this is just, I feel the Lord on it right now that this is such an important thing for us right now. And and it's the breakthrough. It's the seventh seals are done, but it's now time for breakthrough. It's now time to see uh, what Paul's talking about. Creation groans and travails um, for the sons and daughters of the king, not just to save souls, but Ask of me the nations for an inheritance. And in Isaiah 61 through three, nations will walk to the light of the sons of God. We're stepping into things that are unprecedented. When I tell you 153 uh, nations that are walking to the light of the sons of God, some of you are like, there is no way. Um, And you're just like one of those. You just think the religion, like, because there's so many, you know, in most places, they're, they're not Christian at all. Or so they they say not to be. So there is, a, you know, there is this need for a pause. And just on this, on us, aside from even thinking through the seals and everything for those who are listening, 
make sure, I mean, this is what I'm hearing from the Holy Spirit right now. Don't talk yourself out of uh, promised land that he has mm-hmm. for you, your pragmatic, practical thinking. And, and the more brilliant you are, the more likely you are to be that way. And, and there is a, a whole supernatural God of the impossible that he, that he is going to require us to draw from that well over and over and over as we move forward. Good. All the yeah. conquest, all the conquering of the promised land was done through the supernatural, through the help from God, through supernatural yes. means. And so we have to get used to living in that and we have to get used to shutting our mouth and not stealing our own harvest um, by, uh, you know, sabotaging ourselves through our own uh, mouths. Okay, let's go. Um, Back to where we were here. So there's an in-between time of silence that takes place when the seal is unloosed. Satan loses his authority to dominate the circles of media. The kingdom of news has had its prince of the air legally deprived of authority to continue to twist, pervert, and release fear and death through media outlets. So I was telling you about Israel and Jericho and the need for silence there. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I said before that Gabriel, this is why I want to talk a little bit about Gabriel, because we talked about Apollyon on the mountain of media. Oh man, Apollyon, we're going against a bad dude. Gabriel is the principal, is our guy, I believe, uh, our archangel. um, And, and, We'll, we'll see some connections of scriptures here because it talked about there being another uh, a great angel that's by the great the incense the golden incense, and Gabriel's name means messenger of him El Gabriel messenger of God, and so I believe he is the archangel of the mountain of media, and so media is such a big deal in heaven. It's communications. You get your sense of well being. Back to what I was saying before. It's not just having media ability communicate. It's who is reporting on how we're doing. See, that's what the news does. They give you a sense of well-being or a sense of bad doing. And by and large, once you hear the report, you you know, the old days, ABC, CBS, you listen to the news and then you finish listening to the hour of news. It used to be, you know, five to six or six to seven, depending where you listen. You're like, we're doing good. We're doing bad. We're, you get your sense of well-being. It's super important. That's why it's how lovely on the mountains are the feet of these, those who give, bring good news. And um, yeah. we overcome him by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony. Heaven is going to be filled. What we're going to be a part of is endless meetings that we want to go to. You don't have to go if you don't want, but there's going to be testifying. <clears throat> there's going to be testifying and they're going to testify of victories. Reciting victories, retelling victories is just part of the DNA of heaven. And we're supposed to know that here and understand that that's how we get strengthened. You retell victories, even if you have a lot of losses, you retell your victories, and that's how you gain strength and victory over the enemy. If you keep retelling his victories, you lose absolute uh, courage. You become like the children of Israel. Oh, that we could go back to, you know, you say, how they could, how could they want to go back to Egypt? Well, right. Egypt, they had, they had guaranteed it was suffering it was you know whatever 80 hours a, a week of of work and uh, but they had they had some guaranteed stuff it's like you know uh hellish welfare but it was guaranteed and like this idea man we're gonna have to take on something big we're gonna have to step into faith we're gonna have to believe in a bigger god we didn't they didn't want to do that we're gonna have to do that that's 
The pain is for the awakening. That's why there is pain. That's why we're not getting out of it as quick and simple. That's the thing the Holy Spirit keeps telling me over and over is like, no, I, my people have been so sound asleep uh, because of eschatology, because of other things. I love them all, and many of them have doing things, but there is a there is a lack of courage, a lack of resolve, a lack of stepping forth with who He is, with a lack of being kings and priests. Like there, there is a consequence to be given to being given that much authority and not having used it. So mm. it's just think of it again. Again, if you're you're the police force or you're the military of a nation, and you just decide, you know, you get the you get the award and you get the gun and you do everything and you decide to go sleep in the hammock, and 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 so the enemy comes in, and and so it's like you just didn't use the authority. Um, that right. you had, you, you, you forgot. I think what happens is that we forget that we're in a war zone. Um, we're oh, yeah. in a war zone. war zone. He is trying to kill you. Satan walks around seeking whom he may devour. And we have found out the last two or three years, all these agendas. And yeah. they were like, oh my goodness, they're trying to kill us. Yes. And they do so with government agencies and organizations because they've taken over government agencies and organizations and you hear anything with global world, you can almost be sure that the global world thing is an actual instrument of the enemy designed to kill, not save life. The World Health Organization, World Health, WHO, it's not here to preserve life. They, right. the way they, you're just going to disguise it by saving some lives with some of the things, but you have a master macro plan of depopulation, United Nations. It's not about fortifying you, strengthening you. This is not something we're to have confidence in, look into. World Economic Forum, they're not into helping the world have a better economic reality. They're there to kill, steal, and destroy. And so we have to find some way to be kings and priests to our God. I don't know how to. Well, start the question. it's It's not such a terrible thing to have to kind of um, wrestle with what do I do? Uh, cause we haven't even been doing right. with that. We, just, we don't have to do anything. He, and part of the, the, the crazy part of the greasy grace message, we don't have to do any, you don't have to do anything in the sense that you can't die on the cross for your sins, but you right. just missed the entire Bible. If you don't, right. if, if you missed arise, shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen on you. And Jesus in his first message, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And, uh, you know, if you don't show up, you're going to get trampled on. You're going to get uh, you're, you're going to get beat up in a terrible way. So we this is a change of message for us. So I'm giving you it's a good message because victory is assured, guaranteed. We're moving towards it. We're moving towards 153 sheep nations. That's an amazing thing. But it doesn't happen with us sleeping or with us embracing an old uh, narrative storyline or us listening too much and spies telling us how big the enemy is. Um, right. So anyway, all right. Yeah, that's good. Connie. So true. Let's go with, um, let's get some more stuff on, on Gabriel because out of this, again, we're not just trying to talk of speculative high-minded things that don't serve our purposes. This is really to be practical for our assignment overall as a body of Christ on the mountain of media but for yourself, mm-hmm. if you're a mountain of media, there's a personal seven mountains to all these. If you don't get the mountain of media, the communications from your own mouth 
in alignment with your king, you will not enter promised land either. And so uh, there, that that's just a word for each and every one of uh, you. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And so because mm-hmm. out of the of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so it tells you who you've been looking at. It says, my servant, Caleb, there's a different spirit in him. Why? Because he's a studier of God. Um, that was a challenge I got 10, 15 years ago. I had become such an expert on that. Maybe it was 20 years. I don't know. Expert on the enemy. I had it charted out where the demons, principalities and all this. Like, and I hear the Lord whispering over me. It's like, wow, you're becoming quite an expert in the enemy. And I was like, yeah, it's a lot of work. And he's like, you keep that up, you'll lose all faith. And I was like, wow. what? He's, you don't have time to study the enemy. Study me. And yeah. that's what David, David, you know, he, he would he had never been exposed to Goliath till the day he saw him. Didn't yeah. study him for an instant. You know, there's three verses that talk about Goliath's armor and his helmet and how much they weighed and how big they were. We had done a three-day conference on Goliath's armor. That would be our tent. And right. David didn't hear. It was, it was the most meaningless information, but we'll make meaningful yeah. information out of it. It's meaningless information because he's killed with a little stone. And even David says, it wasn't really that. I come to you in the name that you have offended. And in that name, I'm going to defeat you. And I'll, you know, flick you in your eyeball till you die. I'll slap you till you die. I'll, uh, you know, I'll I'll send a stone to the middle of your head. You're going to die because you have violated the understanding here that you're going up against God. So this is part of, uh, um, this is part of the awakening for each and every one of us is that we cannot lose the thinking and speaking part of this this game. We can't stay in negativity. We can't stay, uh, we cannot, I'm just going to throw the Holy Spirit. We cannot keep studying the enemy and mm-hmm. come into alignment with God. We have got, there's not enough time to do that. He will show us yeah. what's necessary to the enemy when it's time. And, right. and, uh, but we have got to be studiers of our God. And, and, yes. and we have to become those who carry a different spirit from understanding the size of who he is, his capabilities and all that. And that's what we uh, that's what we're getting from uh, an extractable truth from this seventh seal. So now I'm just a little bit more about um, uh, Gabriel. Let me finish up on Goliath. You know, Goliath literally and it ties in with media. Mm-hmm. He took out the whole nation of Israel for 40 days. He took over the media and he stood on the mountain and he called, yeah, I am, I am the giant here and you are servants of Saul. Send me a man. And it says in Saul and all the people, mm-hmm. he took over yeah. the media and intimidated God's people. Um, and, and so David, it, there's, I think a chapter in one of my books on becoming a superhero pocket guide to a life like David, right? He had to shut his mouth before he cut off his head. And so mm-hmm. this goes into the media thing. There's a need for a silence. There's a silencing of the enemy. There's a silence mm-hmm. of your own agreement with, with the enemy. So, you know, he didn't go straight to cutting, beheading him. There was a stage before beheading him. First of all, there was one verse, Goliath said, who are you? Come to me with a stick. I'm going to, you know, grind your bones and make my, you know, fee, fi, fo, fa. There was like, but it was one verse. And David said, mm-hmm. David came back with three verses. And it's like, you have no idea who you're up against. When I'm done with you, I'm taking on all the rest of your army and I'm going to feed your carcass to the, you know, I was like, what? What's this little kid doing? 
And, and so, but he came back three times uh, as hard. He had to shut down the intimidating uh, spirit that, that was there. And then right. he said he ran towards him, hit him, and he hit him um, in the middle of the forehead where he fell forward. Now, I read on how much power uh, you have to be exerting on a sling in order for it to hit a stone and a man that size. Like he would go backwards unless his supernatural speed and power. And so he hit him here and he falls at his feet. So he comes down and then it's only at that point where David, you know, he has shut the mouth. There's nothing else coming from the mouth. There's silence. And then he looks around and they're like, yeah, but he's going to get back up. You know, like those movies where they get back up. And David's, oh, really? He pulls the sword. He beheads him. He's like, was this the problem, guys? And and so this thing of uh, this storyline of shutting the mouth of the enemy and then shutting your own mouth when it's agreement with the enemy, even when you don't think you're in agreement with the enemy, because no, I'm on, I'm trying to tell our people, I'm warning you, know, people need to know what it's like, need to get your head out of the sand. I'm telling you, there's a lot of stuff that, that we do need to wake up in some ways, but if you can't frame the wake up in a hopeful way, you're not helping kingdom. You're not helping the kingdom of God at all. And that's the point we're making. Right. So right. Uh, Goliath, I want to talk about Gabriel. Um, and for that, the scripture I want us to look at because I just love, there, you know, Gabriel Gabriel showed up uh, at three or four key times. And um, and so well, I'm going to have us not look at it because of time. But Daniel 8.16 is, <clears throat> no, I'm going to, because this is going to be so quick anyway. So I want us to look at Daniel 8.16, because I know I had told the team we would have that. So I know they can have it quick and it won't take too long. Daniel 8, chapter 16. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of the Uli who called and said, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. So Daniel, you know, he had just seen this thing of the kingdom. We've talked about it before out of Daniel 2 and Daniel chapter 7. And he sees the kingdom of God. He sees the stone come in and break down the Antichrist beast made up of all the kingdoms of darkness of this world. And it crushes it. And it says, and it filled the whole earth like a great mountain, a great mountain that filled the whole earth. So that's what we're called to do. The kingdom will fill the whole earth like a great mountain. And so, but he's getting, there's more insight on different aspects of it. <clears throat> so we see that uh, Gabriel is called the messenger of heaven. He's called to make the man to understand the vision. See, narrative, that's what I'm, we're saying. Mountain of media is about what's the right narrative. What's the right narrative? So and practice what's arts entertainment what's media media it's, has, it's not really about if you're on the uh, you know if you have social media or not it's uh-huh. is your assignment part of entertaining that's the amount of arts entertainment are you an entertainment person and you just want likes and that for entertainment or are you someone who is steering the narrative of the day and so it's important for there to be kingdom steers of the narrative that's one oh, of my yeah. primary assignments is is mm-hmm. is to do that that's the assignment of the mountain of media is to make sure the correct narrative. And so Gabriel, the messenger of heaven, communications minister of heaven, is here to help make sure Daniel properly understands uh, the narrative. And he's going to make things clear for him. Again, it explains this continual interaction dynamic that the Lord has and he insists upon where he wants us working with the, the angel. God could do it all by himself. He could just speak a couple of words and just get it all done. But he wants his angels 
and he wants us working together. That's why they're going to blow the trumpets and then we're going to use our authority. That's where it goes into the next stages of, of we'll say, the, the, the last remnants of nations that aren't willing to become sheep nations that we were talking about earlier. But this is just uh-huh. a reality. So and then uh, Daniel chapter nine and verses. Twenty one. Yes. While I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, who I had seen in the vision to be any being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, oh, Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of the of your supplications, the command went out and I've come to tell you you're greatly beloved. So there's this whole thing. He's greatly beloved. And so there's going to be special communication that happens um, um, for him as well. And what he is revealing to Daniel is Daniel has had this dream and a prophecy that comes out of the 70 weeks that goes into mm-hmm. 70 times 7, 490 years, essentially from that time, 444 B.C., that comes right till the time where Jesus is sacrificed. And he's, and he's making sure, what's he making sure? He's making sure that the prophetic narrative is clear. And Daniel mm-hmm. makes it clear. It's laid out. He's got it clear. So Gabriel, the ch- chief minister of media, wants to make sure that Daniel has got the narrative. And so he's the one that has the privilege of interacting on earth with those who are called to lay out and establish the correct prophetic narrative as well. And that's still what he's available for right now. So then let's go to Luke chapter one. And in Luke chapter one, again, we see Gabriel is involved. And Mm -hmm. I want people to pick this up that communications is so important from heaven that when they have their most important communications, they send their prime archangel, the prime minister of communication, Gabriel. It is the absolute privilege in heaven to be able to give um, a good report, to testify, to give a testimony. Good news. He who brings good news, it's the highest esteem. That's what the gospel was about. Okay, remember, ministers of the good news. We're all about the good news. We've lost that understanding, but it's huge. It's how everything shifts and changes back in the right way, going into real promised land. <clears throat> is understanding that this is what empowers us. This is what carries us. So we, we see that Gabriel was used to the prophet who actually got the most precise timeline from that time forward forever till we've addressed this before, that Daniel's the one that got it. Gabriel's the one that's sent to do that. And then he's here and he has everything to do with the birth of Jesus, the savior of the world, because he is to ensure that the narrative is correct and that it's understood and that the right people are activated, motivated and all that. So uh, verse, verse 11, and this good, Kelsey? Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Love it. So then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Remember, we were just talking about an angel on the right side, the inc- just where we were. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. And the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall neither drink, neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient 
of the wisdom to the just to make ready a people for their Lord. Is that not just amazing news? Yes. But once we, awesome. once we know the story, what, what is kind of the missing? What is the non-reported news there? It wasn't balanced. Uh, the balanced news. Like, wait, wait a minute. John the Baptist got beheaded. John the Baptist, right before he gets beheaded, he's like, sends a message to Jesus. Are, are you the Messiah? Here's a guy, it's his cousin. He was, um, uh, you know, from his birth on, he is handpicked. Gabriel's a part of it. And he is going to lose his head. And he's going to doubt that, like, did I just waste my whole, my whole life? But guess what? That doesn't get prophesied about. We're, we're establishing, again, how the communication system of heavens work. Gabriel comes at no time. Gabriel, see, he announces, I bring you good news. And we'll find out in just a moment. This is Gabriel for sure. That they don't tell you all the challenges you're going to have. He didn't tell them about any of that. And we keep, we get, and I'm making this point because we have leaders and ministers and prophetic voices in the body of Christ think that they're doing a service to the body of Christ by discouraging them with stuff that they don't need to know right now. It's covered with, in this world, you have tribulation. Right. In this world, you'll have relation, but be of good cheer. You, you'll find right. that out, that you get prophetic words, and, and they'll tell you about the blessings and the other things, and almost never do they tell you about the challenges that are coming. It doesn't mean they're false prophets. That's how the prophet, That's how the prophetic works. That's how the kingdom works. We overcome him by reporting on what's good. We don't overcome him by, well, we need to give him credit for his, I mean, he gave us a black eye there. No, it's not that. There is a, yeah. no crediting enemy at all. It's only good news. What, what John's going to do. So back to 18. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. So we got Elizabeth, maybe 50 something. And is like, she's never had a child. It's like, no, this is right. not going to happen. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel. In case we didn't know. Who stands in the presence of God, who was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings to bring you good news. He is your minister. If you have an assignment on the mountain of media, he is your chief minister. And if he can figure out how to tell John the Baptist's parents of a call on John the Baptist, that is not bad news. We look at it like, man, he was called weird and eat like locusts and and people look at him and mock it. It's like, man, I didn't see... How did he make it look good? Figure out how to make it look good, what God's calling for and what he's doing. If not, you're not really anointed for that mountain, making this point over and over. So what did, remember the silence in heaven? There's Mm -hmm. silence in heaven. Have the angels show up and there's silence in heaven half an hour. So what does Gabriel tell Zechariah? Because Zechariah says, "Uh, I'm old and my wife, she can't bear children. But behold, you shall be mute and not be able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. It talks about the people waited for Zechariah. He lingered. Verse 22, he came out. He could not speak to them. And they perceived he had seen a vision in the temple, but he, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So when there's this transition and switching into promised land reality, Great promises of God, like right now, we're going into the kingdom era like never before. There is a silent time. And so Mm. it also lets you know something you may not have known. Archangels, and we don't know what other angels, we're not told parameters, but they can just do things without asking the Father. They so carry carry, uh, authority 
There was that was a reference to Michael in the early days when God tells Moses, like, I'm no longer going to accompany the people. There's too much rebellion and disobedience. I'll, you know, mm-hmm. they will die. Um, he says, but I'm going to send Michael. He says, but make sure you obey him. I'll send my great angel, Michael, uh, before, but make sure you obey him because my nature is in him. And so it mm-hmm. led you to believe, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Obey him because don't displease him because he could do something. Yeah, they can do something. We don't see, there's right. no time for it. There's no, Gabriel says, I don't know this is going to, I mean, Zechariah says, I'm old and right. she doesn't have children. And immediately Gabriel said, you're going to go mute because of this. You're going to have to stop listening to your own voice because you don't have enough faith for what God's trying to release in you and through you and through you two as a couple. But it goes to two things. There's this thing of silence um, that matches the half hour of silence we're talking about. But there is um, this reality of angels having that type of authority. We're going to understand more and more of that um, uh, moving forward. So we have... Um, uh, a couple more things on on Gabriel. Well, we'll just go to verse twenty six. It's of Luke one. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. You all get this? John mm-hmm. is key. He's the one that's going to announce him, the forerunner. Gabriel, it's everything about that. He who understands the narrative must be the one speaking into the situation. And then there's Gabriel <clears throat> to a virgin be- betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. <clears throat> the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Can you just mm-hmm. feel the spirit of good news? As like he is just busting at the scene. He just like, this is good news. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying <laughs> and considered what matter of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. And he will be great. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now, back to the show. And he will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. He's connecting with the last time he showed up with Daniel. When he's talking about the kingdom that's coming in, there will be no end. It doesn't dip for seven years. It doesn't go on sabbatical to the Antichrist to win. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? The angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is able to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, was also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who has been called barren. Her who has been called barren. Here's this verse. I was wanting to make sure we got out. <clears throat> For with God, nothing will be impossible. Okay, this, this is feeding into this storyline we're doing over and over. Again, what, were, what was the big missing communication from Gabriel? Here is, man, it's just all good news. You're just favored. You get to bring that, you know, the, uh, the savior of the world is coming through you, Mary. And, you know, every problem is, no, the Holy Spirit's going to come. There's no problem. It's mm-hmm. no, um, and by the way, he's going to be hated by the leaders his entire life. You know, once he starts ministry and he's going to be brutally killed and mistreated 
and mocked and you're going to have no grandkids with them. Um, there's no, there's no filling in the rest of the story. Right. The kingdom does not advance on giving the enemy credit for anything. The kingdom does not advance on giving the enemy credit for anything. The kingdom does not advance on giving the credit for anything. The kingdom does not advance on testimonials of the devil and what he's done. It does not advance on commercials for, for the devil. And he's making this whole point. Yes, you don't have a husband. You're going to be pregnant. She couldn't bear. She's going to because with God, nothing will be impossible. Everything before us is the body of Christ. 153 sheep nations is impossible. Um, I put in my book, uh, Seven Mountain Renaissance Vision and Strategy through 2050, that by the year 2050, there will be 50 nations walking primarily to the light of the sons of God. Impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. There's a reason we're addressing this, where there's a reason we're, we're bombing the eschatology and the narrative that says, no, we got to dread, you know, these seals are going to be open. That means the tribulation is here. We're just going to die and have problems. No, 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 no. All authority in heaven and earth is given to me, confirmed here by the words of Gabriel himself, of his kingdom. He's about to release. You're going to birth the king and his kingdom, Mary. You're going to birth it. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. It never stops. There's no end. This is what we're about. And so there had to be silence for Zechariah there. Again, we're seeing this key thing. Children of Israel, silence before the breakthrough mm-hmm. for promised land. Uh, Goliath, silence before we have the breakthrough going there. Silence here, silence in heaven, a half hour. And there's about to be a release of the kings and priests with the next level of authority because we have such a bigger call and assignment than what we've imagined. It is massively good news. And so, yeah, I keep trying. You know, I'm accused of being too hopeful and positive, but the Lord's actually telling me, you've been telling a little bit too much of what the enemy's doing. So it's like, it's, it's like, you know, Caleb, if he can see the giants and say, they will be bread for us. Like if we can, if that seems too far for us, if, if we cannot see the enemy's worst agenda, his 2021, his 2030, his uh, gates, sorrows, these, like we have to start seeing these things, not ignore them. uh, Caleb did not ignore them. He just said they will be bread for us. We're going to, we're going to get stronger chewing up this agenda that thinks it's going to take us out. So this is what we're all about. All right. Last thing, last thing, last thing. Oh, I think I've already gone past uh, uh, um, time on the question. I think I wrapped up. I felt like I had one loose end. I'll probably think of it later. Like, oh, I was supposed to add this as the, the closure. But I hope people understand. Again, the seventh seal was a revealing that the mountain of media, that he was disconnecting Apollyon from his power to destroy and that he had empowered. Gabriel is empowered. He's empowered both in that picture of the seal. We see that he has, oh, I know what it was. I'll just throw it out. We don't have to look at the scriptures. We then see it is Gabriel. We're not confirmed by his name, but we can tell. He says, I bring you good news. He goes to the shepherds and he tells who is yeah. about to be born. And he says, he's going to be the savior of the world. And it, he, he says, I give you glad tidings. Again, this he, he self announces himself as a bringer of good news. So um, th- whatever, and it's funny, these people's pictures and names that are leaders in the body of Christ. I have nothing personal against you, but I feel like the Lord's bringing them uh, right now. We have got to stop this thing 
of thinking we're doing the body of Christ a service when we are just pointing out the enemy's gains and what he's planning on doing, what he's probably going to get away with and all of this. That is not how heaven operates. It's not how the kingdom advances. It's not how Gabriel, if Gabriel could come to earth and and he could, uh, he, he didn't tell the shepherds that they're going to be in trouble from Herod after that. He didn't tell Mary uh, the, all that they're going to be running for their life. It wasn't just Jesus running from his life. Like they had to escape for two years to Egypt. Uh, why didn't he tell him that at least there is no, it's like he tells the good news. Heaven advances on good news, on good reports on what God is doing. And it's just like, we have to get that into our culture, into our thinking. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy spirit. And I just want to pray that over people actually. Yeah, please. You didn't have the last question you're trying to fit in, were you? Because we ran no, out of time. No, I'm not. I'm, I want you to, yeah, go ahead and pray. <laughs> Lord, I thank you that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and Lord, I just feel like you have released joy to those who are listening. And I ask that there would be just another wave of it, Lord, just a wave of joy. A, a joy of the narrative, a joy of the storyline. We're working on the same storyline that Gabriel initiated when he visited Daniel to make sure he understood the narrative of the king is coming and the king is going to change everything. He's going to pay the price with his blood. He's going to remove the enemy's ability to claim legal ground on any of the mountains. And he's going to release his sons and daughters as kings and priests. And we get to be a part of that. And we're going to see 153 sheep nations, nations that will operate primarily the light of the sons of God. And we are called to encourage ourselves, encourage each other, encourage ourselves with what you're doing, not with what you're not doing. We thank you for the power in that little summary that I just gave in those two sentences. And I ask that your sons and daughters would not forget that, Lord, that you would remind them of that. You would empower them, that you would release the spirit of good news on your sons and daughters even right now. Even uh, a spirit that there's a, an actual spirit of good news being released over the uh, over the airwaves right now. Spirit of good news that you don't even know why you feel joy all of a sudden. Let that joy come upon you. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. There's always celebration in heaven. There is always celebration in heaven and his presence is fullness of joy at his right hand pleasures forevermore. And that's despite the fact they see the parts where we're still in between, where we're not uh, experiencing all the level of uh, victory and glory that we're expecting in the coming days. So we thank you for this, Lord. And in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Johnny, you mentioned a ton of books and resources. So I see we have a website down underneath your name, but where can people find all of that stuff if they want to read more on Seven Mountains and all the stuff you're sharing? Restore7.org, and we have our bookstore there. And really, all our books, beginning with, you know, kind of the, I say, you know, in some way, the book they got me on some radar somewhere was Seven Mount Prophecy in 2008 in multiple languages right now. But we have all the subsequent books and seven several of them are out of print and right now and we're re-getting them, but they're all into this exact, there's, there's not been a change of narrative because that's what right. the assignment is. But just further understanding of how the narrative is advanced. And we're also this next week in July 1st is when we're doing the kickoff of our rise tour um, that we plan to 
do all across the United States. And this is our first one to kick off in Nashville, Tennessee. And in Franklin, uh, the city of Franklin is outskirts of Nashville in a place called The Factory. Go to Restore7.org. Please, uh, I think we just have a handful more available for the luncheon. Um, and you'll see, for those of you who consider yourself partners, it does cost something. And then there is the night event, like six to nine. And we have some exciting good news to share as well. Um, even tools for the body of Christ, how this army can begin to connect and encourage each other at a whole new level. And so we have plenty of room for the um, night night event. And there is a little charge. Um, I, I don't remember if that's $40 or something like that. But mm-hmm. we would love to see you. And um, even if you're from the surrounding states, like I, I said before somewhere, that there's no assurance that we will be in your state because the whole thing is supposed to take four or five years and so we may not make it to your state. And so you can come visit us as well. We'd love to see you. You'll just love the people that connect at these type of events as well. You'll find um, fellow tribesmen and fellow Caleb's and Joshua's ready to advance. And so we want to make sure you all um, come to that. Also, I must thank for those uh, those of you who gave towards um, um, our friends from Peru, Carlos and Ruth Paredes. You all responded two weeks ago. We we just mentioned that they're, they're you know they've moved here. They came with two suitcases, and they're serving us. Director of our Rise Latin America, and he's also director of our government program throughout South America. And um, they they are doing a, a great work. And you all have just oh my goodness flooded them. They had a register of Amazon stuff, and they have a house full of. I mean, they just moved in two days ago. And the stuff that you all sent and you all make sure that nothing was, you know, I think you just like, no, we're going to make sure they have no lacks. And so they even were like, Elizabeth's like, it looks like you need to add some more things that you might need. And so it was just great celebration for, for them. And we want to thank all of you who participated in that you truly are sowing into important kingdom people. And there's rewards for that on earth uh, as well, according, according to the scripture. So we, we thank you for that. We look forward to seeing you uh, this weekend. And thank you, uh, Kelsey, for your patience as well. You know, I usually like to get more um, interjections from you because they're always very anointed and stuff. But then I get going. It's like, oh, we got to go here. We got to finish this. And so we have to get you more. You got a lot of stuff. <laughs> you always have. So I'd like to let you go, Johnny, because I want to I want to hear it, too. So we love having you on the show. Um, Mondays, I know, are some people's absolute favorite day of the stream for the week. They always tune in. Can't miss Mondays. And um, so it's an honor to have you on every single time. We learn so much. Um, Our minds, I think, are consistently blown, especially when you go through the book of Revelation. It's been awesome. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you guys for joining us too. We love you so much. Make sure you join me right here tomorrow. Um, I'll be with Manuel Johnson, and I'm sure he has fresh revelation from the Lord he's going to be sharing with us. And we will see you right here tomorrow. Love you guys. Have a great day. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.